Good afternoon, Woke fam. It's Scott here from Woke Societies. The Senate committee dropped a bombshell report yesterday revealing some shocking information about Hunter Biden and his dealings in Ukraine. Information such as him being involved with human trafficking rings and prostitutes. Oh yes, you heard that right. More riots kicked off yesterday in response to the police officers in Louisville not being charged with the death of Breonna Taylor and ultimately led to two police officers being shot just last night, which the media has thus far remained silent on. AG Barr reveals his plan to revise Section 230 that protects these big tech companies from being held liable for the content on their platforms. YouTube is rolling out new censorship and Durham has the Clinton Foundation in his sights right now. All this and so much more, but first, let's just hear a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, the sponsor for today's episode is again, Flip City Magazine. This is America's Last Laugh. This is a comedy satire magazine made by two beautiful patriots out in California that are completely independent and pour their blood, sweat, and tears into this magazine. This magazine, guys, is Mad Magazine on steroids, but it's much better and it's much funnier. And the best part about it, it is PC-free. So the issue you are looking at right now is their latest issue that you will receive if you get this is the subscription today. The new the new issue will be out mid-October, and then going forward, there'll be a new issue coming out in January. So Scott, how much is this amazing magazine that's good for the kids, your family? How much is this? Well, let me tell you. When you come to their website here, which is flipcitymag.com, you're gonna click their link here. It's gonna bring you right to their website, and you can see little snippets of the magazine so you can kind of get a feel of what the magazine is about. The link right here brings you the, to their uh, subscription page. And right here, ladies and gentlemen, going forward for the New Year subscription, you're going to be getting six issues with a price of $27.49. It's not breaking your bank. It is a great price for a fantastic magazine that literally craps on the same people that we talk about on this channel. So you can get the full year subscription, ladies and gentlemen, it's worth the money. If you don't wanna do that, you can get single issue prints, but going forward, the six issues will be $27.49, which is a great, great price. And the best part, they are now shipping international so the entire world can laugh at these people with us instead of just people in our country, which is always fun to do. So go check these guys out. It's flipcitymag.com, America's last laugh. And remember, when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. Thank you guys for that. So today, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to start out is um, we've got a lot to talk about, especially with Hunter Biden and a bunch of things with Durham and censorship. So well, I'm going to show you a video here. Usually I start out with something funny, but today is a pretty serious day. Um, lots of negative things going on, lots of negative energy in the atmosphere that we can feel. But this is what we're going to start with today. Um, Trump was paying his respects to Ruth Bader Ginsburg with the first lady today at the Supreme Court house. And the scene you're about to see is absolutely disgusting. So you're going to see right now for yourself. So after I play this video, I'll see you guys on the other side of the intro. Take a watch.
Now, what you just saw, ladies and gentlemen, is the president paying his respects to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and there is a crowd of disgusting people on the outside screaming at him, vote him out. What I'm about to read to you is a tweet from iPod, Sir, Sir Patrick Mack. Dear Trump haters, you're vile, you're hateful, you're cowardly, you're useless, you're disrespectful, you're hypocritical. There's one thing you're not, getting that seat. You're getting what you deserve because of the above and more, and it's going to be relentless. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to the land of the real. But it's like the twilight zone, the plan is surreal. It'll blow your mind when the plan is revealed. Bring your thoughts to light, all the plans they conceal. Grab your flashlight, it's time to go down the rabbit hole. It's dark and hell is hot, dealing with satanic souls. The tide is turning, patriots are now in control. Apply aggressive pressure right now until they fold, stay woke. Open up your eyes and keep them healed. All they do is lie, realize how everything is real. The project looking glass, the future is revealed. Future proves past, but there won't be any deals. Both society's fam, you know it's time to go. Grab your popcorn, sit back now. Enjoy the show, severe and non on the mic. So come on, enjoy the flow. The wave is rising, and you know it's only gonna grow. All right, we're here. Absolutely disgusting people, guys. Thanks for joining uh, today on the podcast and the YouTube channel. You guys are great. And for everybody out in the podcast, just want to let you know, two, I do three episodes a week, but I've only been downloading two. The reason why is the Tuesday night live streams, for whatever reason, I, I'm having trouble recording them so you guys can get the audio too. So if you guys are out there on the podcast that don't watch my YouTube, come to my YouTube channel on Tuesday nights for the live stream. I do a live show that covers the same content I would have normally on a recorded episode. Go check. So check it out on Tuesdays if you guys are miss, wondering where I am. All right. Let's do this, shall we? So ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start out with the Bidens because some bombshell stuff dropped about them yesterday. But this came out yesterday, and we talked about this on Method Show uh, yesterday, which was awesome. The best crowd we've, we have gotten since we started the show. I love co-hosting on the show. It's been, it's been a wild ride, and I'm just so happy to be on there. But we talked about this yesterday. This is from Alex Sears. This is every day so far in the month of September that the Biden campaign has called a full lid before noon, which I had to look up to what full lid meant, which pretty much means that there's going to be no conferences, no news conferences, no questions from media, literally calling it a day for the campaign until the next day, whenever that is. And as you guys can see, there are a lot of red marks in September. Then the election is literally November 3rd. And we're taking days off, apparently. This is how seriously, this is how serious Joe Biden has taken the election. Trump has been doing two rallies in a day at this point, and his whole team and his son, his daughter, and the vice president have been campaigning all over the country. And just today, just today we found out that he called the lid for today. And we were wondering, well, what the hell? What, what the hell is going on? Is he getting prepped for debates? Is he is he just don't want to answer questions about his mental uh, his mental decline? Um not necessarily, not necessarily. And just to show you guys today, this is from the biased news. He called the lid for the day today. And this was, this came out 1136 this morning, literally telling the world that, hey, we're not going to be doing anything today either. We're taking today off. So you have to think of the timing. The timing of these things is always one of the most important questions when you're trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Well, the Senate report, the Senate committee dropped a huge bombshell report 
just yesterday about Hunter Biden. And you guys are going to probably be pretty shocked. Maybe you won't be pretty shocked, but Hunter Biden is wrapped up in some really bad things, which we already knew about. We're talking real Russia collusion, real Russia uh, corruption with Ukraine as well. Actual evidence of this, not for Trump, not for Don Trump, uh, Donald Trump Jr., not for any of that. As bad as the media is still pushing this narrative, we actually have real evidence of real corruption with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, the VP at the time, while all this was happening. All this is happening. So what are we talking about? Maybe this is why Joe Biden doesn't want to go and talk and campaign right now because he doesn't want to be questioned from the media. Not that the media would ask him questions about this anyways, but he's probably avoiding this altogether. From the Daily Wire, Hunter Biden received millions from wife of ex-Moscow mayor, paid suspects allegedly tied to trafficking, had contacts with individuals leaked to Chinese military. Senate report alleges it's not even just Russia, ladies and gentlemen. There is ties to China, which we all know, the ones that know, China being the bigger threat than Russia, this man had ties to both of these countries. So a bombshell report from the Senate Committee of Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs and the Committee on Finance makes a series of damning new allegations against Hunter Biden, the son of Democrat presidential nominee. And the Daily Wire here put these nice bolded points for all of us because the actual report is 87 pages long. It's a long one. So here we are. In early 2015, the former acting deputy chief of mission at the U.S. Embassy in Kiev, Ukraine, George Kent raised concerns to officials and Vice President Joe Biden's office about the perception of a conflict of interest with respect to Hunter Biden's role on Burisma's board. Kent's concerns went unaddressed, and in September 2016, he emphasized an email to his colleagues. Furthermore, the presence of Hunter Biden on the Burisma board was very awkward for all U.S. officials pushing an anti-corruption agenda in Ukraine. These people that were in these meetings, the ones that really worked there, that deserved to be there, not because daddy put you there so you can make lots of money and make shady deals with, with shady foreign countries that we're at odds with, they all felt it was awkward for him to even be there. That tells you a lot, You them using that word awkward. It's not right. There's something wrong with it. It's immoral, but they were left, these concerns were left unaddressed. In October 2015, senior State Department official Amos Hochstein raised concerns with Vice President Biden as well as with Hunter Biden that Hunter Biden's position on Burisma's board enabled Russian disinformation efforts and risk undermining U.S. policy in Ukraine. Oh, that's wonderful. And there's a whole list of these things, but just for time's sake, we're going to get to the very most important ones. And in this, John Kerry is also mentioned as somebody who was told that, hey, this is kind of weird, but also ignored it. Hunter Biden was a U.S. Secret Service protectee from January 29th to 2009 to to July 8th, 2014. That's a long time. A day before his last trip as a protectee, Time published an article describing Burisma's ramped-up lobbying efforts to U.S. officials and Hunter's involvement in Burisma's board. Before ending his protective detail, Hunter Biden received Secret Service protection on trips to multiple foreign locations. And look at all these countries he was visiting. Moscow, Beijing, Doha, Paris, Seoul, Manila, Tokyo, Mexico City, Milan. Some of these places I can't even find on a damn map. But do you honestly believe, do you honestly sit there and believe that this, that the Hunter Biden, knowing he's a, he's a complete drug addict, was doing legitimate deals and establishing foreign relations, relationships in all these countries? You have to be stupid to believe that. It's insane. And there was also reports that 
Hunter wanted all reports of anything with his Secret Service before prior to 2014 to be completely scrubbed. And even reports of him leaving his Secret Service detail at, at in multiple occasions. And we've heard that before. We'll get back to that point in just a moment. But it gets worse here for Hunter. In addition to the over $4 million paid by Burisma for Hunter Biden's and Archer's board memberships, Hunter Biden, his family, and Archer received millions of dollars from foreign nationals with questionable, questionable backgrounds. Hunter Biden also received $3.5 million, a wire transfer from Elena Batarona, Batarina, the wife of the former mayor of Mas- Moscow. Can you, can you just sit here, ladies and gentlemen, just sit here for a moment and just put Donald Trump Jr. in here or even Donald Trump in this situation where he was receiving wire transfers from the wife of the former mayor of Moscow. That is Russia. And some of this money has been reported that it was spent on prostitutes and hookers. And you want to talk about collusion with Russia, relationships with Russia. You've got to be joking me. Hunter Biden opened a bank account with Gong Wan Dong to fund a $100,000 global spending spree with James Biden and Sarah Biden. Hunter Biden had business associations with Yi, Jingming, Gongwon, Dong, and <laughs> that was a bad one, and other Chinese nationals linked to the communist government and the People's Liberation Army. Those associations resulted in millions of dollars in cash flow. And to the boot, the cherry on top, the most interesting fact out of all this to me is this last one right here. Hunter Biden paid non-resident women who were nationals of Russia or other Eastern European countries and who appear to be linked to a Eastern European prostitution or human trafficking ring. Ding, 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 ding. Why do all these people that we're calling out and talking about all the time, why do they always end up being linked to human trafficking rings? This super bad darkness that Trump is taking on head on all the time. Ivanka Trump just announced yesterday they're putting $100 million into grants to stop to fund agencies to stop more child trafficking, human trafficking. It's modern-day slavery. But here we are again, Democrats and other, other people that are, are projecting and saying Trump is the problem. He's doing all these things. And actual evidence coming out now, the Hunter Biden was paying non-resident women who are nationals of Russia or other Eastern countries and that are linked to Eastern European prostitution or human trafficking rings. And this has been out since yesterday morning and not one media outlet has brought it up. I, I believe Fox News has, and that's not saying much. MSNBC, CNN, none of them have touched this. They won't talk about it. They will not talk about it. It's absolutely disgusting. But I want people to remember human trafficking rings. Remember when we were talking about in my episode, this is probably a few weeks ago, It was brought up in a drop by her favorite Anon talking about Joe Biden's brother buying an island, which is called Water Island, and being not too far away from Epstein's Island, Little St. James Island. It's just a little boat ride away or, wink, wink, a submarine ride away. Just keep these things in mind. We're trying to draw these connections. There's still a lot of digging to be done, but it's something to consider and to keep in the back of your mind when you're seeing Hunter now being tied into human trafficking rings. When we know Joe Biden, his brother had had this Island called water Island, which is not too far away from St. James Island. And we know our favorite Anon has pointed out certain connections with those islands. And you're going to sit here and tell me that Hunter had nothing to do with any of this or knew any of this. 
you're you're out of your abs- you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. So Joe Biden was on HBO. It's called Axios on HBO, which again, Axios is another it's it's another rag. It's another garbage outlet that no, it's all it's all fake news. But I want you guys to see the deflection of what this man does when he's always encountered with bringing up anything negative about Hunter Biden. This is from Elizabeth Harrington. Joe Biden said he didn't know what Hunter Biden was doing. He lied. Watch this. To serve on the board of a Ukrainian energy company facing serious corruption charges, you were the vice president running point on Ukraine. The average Joe hears that and says, that sounds fishy. What's your understanding of what your son was doing for an extraordinary amount of money? I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found out he was on the board after he was on the board. And that was it. And there's nobody... Well, you've had a lot of time. Isn't this something you want to get to the bottom of? No, because I trust my son. But that doesn't pass the smell test. Like, when you're vice president, isn't there a higher standard? Don't you need to know what's happening with your family? Don't you need to put down some guardrails? Unless there was something that was... uh, There was something on his face that was wrong. There's nothing on his face that was wrong. So, look, if you want to talk about problems, you know, let's talk about Trump's family. There it is. I mean, come on. This is... So, <laughs> so there it is. So you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know there's not one single bit of evidence, not one little tiny bit to suggest anything done was wrong. You- Ooh. And he goes on for another minute, and I'll save you guys, I'll save you guys the, uh, the dry heaving to listening to that man lie to that guy's face. But he said not a shred. And he went like this, not a shred of evidence. Showing that what Hunter did, did he did anything wrong. This man's a straight-up liar. I just read off a whole bunch of bullet points for you guys that came out in the Senate committee of what their findings are, legit findings, not BS, not anonymous sources, actual findings of what he has done, and it's getting worse for him. And Biden's out here, Joe Biden's out here talking about this, saying there's not one shred of evidence. But let's talk about Trump's family. Let's keep deflecting. Let's keep projecting. Let's keep going down this road and let's just let's laugh it off like it's a big joke. It's a big joke to them. And he knows he knows he is it's only a matter of time before he gets wrapped under this cuz he is part of this. He was the vice president when this all happened. Just like he said he didn't know about Flynn being unmasked when in fact he himself requested Flynn to be unmasked personally. This man's a liar. It's so easy to see through this when you're actually paying attention. It's really, really crazy. Now, there were some letters here that were, that were um, released by Catherine Heritage talking about director, FBI Director Ray, who we all love, right? Not so much. New letter obtained from CBS News from Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan asked FBI Director Ray whether Bureau is investigating allegations against Hunter Biden and Senate report, Senator Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley. They had asked the FBI about its actions but have received no answer from you. Zero response. Concerns going unanswered. We're seeing a theme here of so many people being just completely ignorant to this, knowingly ignorant to this. I don't know. I don't know. But there could be another another facet to this of why the FBI has not done anything yet, and that be could be because, um, could be uh, because of Durham. And we'll get into that in just a moment. But there was some consequences and some new direction of where this whole entire thing is going with Hunter. And we see this from the Breitbart article here from Ron Paul saying, I'm sending Hunter Biden report to DOJ 
for criminal referral. He says, I think riding an Air Force 2 and doing business is illegal. I think that this is against the law and probably a felony. I think it's illegal to take money from a Russian politician's wife, $3.5 million. Was it reported accurately? I think the only way to determine the actual legality of this is to have it referred to the Department of Justice, so I'm going to send the report over. I don't know if the whole committee will vote for it, but I'm sending the report tomorrow to the Department of Justice, and we're asking for a criminal referral. Who knows if it's going to go anywhere? I have no idea, but at least some action is being taken, and we're going to have to see where this goes. We're going to have to see where this goes, but this thing has many legs, ladies and gentlemen, has many legs. And just getting into Durham real quick, what I'm talking about as far as we have real facts here, we have real reports, we don't have anonymous sources. This whole entire Russia thing, again, being projected onto Trump, you want to see something, a quote here from Paul Sperry talking about Peter Strzok and their basis on this entire Russia hoax. Paul Sperry says, whoa, McCabe now says, this is Andrew McCabe, now says he bases unprecedented investigation and surveillance of a presidential candidate and the president himself on this, this is in quotes, on this idea, Trump was a Russian agent. Not this evidence, not this articulable factual basis, not even this suspicion. It was just an idea. These people need to come down, ladies and gentlemen. They need to come down and they need to suffer the consequences for dragging Trump and this entire country into the mud and doing this. And we want to talk about Joe Biden saying there's not a shred of evidence, but here we are with Andrew McCabe saying he his unprecedented investigation surveillance of a presidential candidate was based on an idea, not even evidence, not a suspicion, an idea. Now, Paul Sperry, he's pretty reliable. He doesn't include links. People normally hate that with the uh, no sauce, but he is pretty credible. And this doesn't surprise me if he actually, Andrew McCabe actually said this. Not one bit. Not one bit. But this is, this is all going to tie together in just a moment. Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden being involved with human trafficking rings, prostitutes. Most likely, most likely, hopefully not, but most likely maybe underage girls. Wouldn't surprise me. Young girls would not surprise me one bit. Now, where does this all tie together? Well, news started to break today as well about what Durham is focusing on and what he has been looking at for a very long time. We're looking at the New York Times now. It says, in politically charged inquiry, Durham sought details about scrutiny of Clintons. John Durham's team has sought information about the FBI's handling of the Clinton Foundation investigation, raising questions about the scope of the prosecutor's review. And you have to remember this is the New York Times. They're going to paint Durham in the most negative light because it's going after the people that New York Times is protecting, and they have been protecting for you a long time. But they write here, it turns out that Mr. Durham also focused attention on certain political enemies of Mr. Trump, the Clintons. Mr. Durham, the U.S. attorney in Connecticut, assigned by Mr. Barr to review the Russian inquiry, has sought documents and interviews about how federal law enforcement officials handled an investigation around the same time into allegations of political corruption at the Clinton Foundation, according to people familiar with the matter. The approach is highly unusual, according to people briefed on the investigation. Though the suspected crimes themselves are not comparable, one involves a possible conspiracy between a presidential campaign, which we all know, blah, 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 blah. The entire point of this actually is right here. Um, largely included different teams of investig- investigators and prosecutors. Mr. Durham's efforts suggest the scope of his, of his review is broader than previously known. That right there is the biggest line in this entire article. Mr. Durham's efforts suggest the scope of his review is broader than previously known. So is this going to get into Ukrainian 1? 
Is this going to get into maybe what happened out in Haiti? Remember, there are a lot of things going on here all at once. And Durham's, this is why it's taking so long for Durham to get the, to get the indictments out. This is a massive, massive investigation. And when we look at the Fox article that came out literally 45 minutes ago, Durham assumed parts of John Huber's Clinton Foundation review and the source here says aspects of U.S. Attorney John Huber's investigation into the Clinton Foundation have been assumed by U.S. Attorney John Durham as part of his review into the origins of the Russia probe. A source familiar with Durham's investigation told Fox News on Thursday that parts of what Huber was investigating in 2017 involves the Clinton Foundation had been incorporated into Durham's investigation. That is big, big news there. And a lot of people know this. Some people know this already. A lot of people have assumed this already. But this is this this probe is going into into all facets. It's going now into the Clinton Foundation. We know for sure that this is what he is focusing on. But what what ties all of this together? What ties Hunter with the prostitution rings and the child sex trafficking? The Clinton Foundation. Remember the screen cap that our favorite Anon has showed so many times, so many times. This one right here, Inspector General Report and General Report, initial analysis of laptop, thousands of emails, Hillary Clinton Foundation, crime against children. This is why I'm saying with these human trafficking rings being linked to Hunter Biden, we don't know exactly the the age of these people. We have no idea, but we can safely assume some things that it could possibly be crimes against children. And when you're talking about what what Durham is investigating, it's going to go much deeper. And something that should align all political parties, all, all people, all humans, is the, this to end this, these crimes against children. Crimes against children should unite humanity to stop it, no matter who, what, what politics you are, what religion. That, this issue should trump any of that, and everyone should be on the same page about that. That is the whole point. How is the media going to, they're, they're going to spin this. They're going to go down the sinking ship. But the fact that this is now out in public means Durham's been doing this for a very long time, looking into the Clinton Foundation. And we just have to wait and see. We just have to wait and see what happens. But having the connections with Hunter, Joe Biden, his Joe Biden's brother with a family out in Water Island, being so close to Epstein's Island and everything we know with Maxwell and the submarines, are you guys starting to see a pattern of behavior among these families and people they're associating with? It is a small world with these people and everyone knows each other. Everyone knows each other. What perfect family in the Biden family to blackmail with China, with Russia, with Hunter Biden, who is a drug addict, very easily malleable person to control, give him money, give him drug, whatever it is, whatever it is. Blackmail them and we'll get them to do whatever they want. Joe Biden is a Chinese puppet. Still is. And will be. And will continue to be. So that's everything that going on with Durham and as far as Hunter Biden, everything going on. And for people that are still saying that John Durham is going to be soft and he's going to just allow, he's not going to do anything. Nothing's going to happen. This tweet here from Technofog came out yesterday. It says, I don't know what John Durham will do, but I can add perspective. Keep in mind. In 2000, he uncovered evidence the FBI framed four innocent men for murder. Durham has already exposed one of the biggest scandals in FBI history. Don't think he's shy. 
In Durham's efforts, he went right to the courts and to their attorneys, freed the two surviving men from prison. Meanwhile, Mueller's FBI was arguing the exculpatory evidence didn't mean the men were innocent. Do justice. Just an example, ladies and gentlemen. Just an example. Durham has already taken down big cases and taken down some bad people in the FBI. So keep that in the back of your mind. This man is not shy to lay down the law. So hold the faith. Hold the faith. Now let's transition gears here. Let's transition. The there were the the results of the Breonna Taylor case came out yesterday, and all this is this happened in Louisville, Kentucky, and no charges were were filed for the police officers that killed her. One officer was charged with it's called one wanton endangerment. Um, this whole entire story is insane. And of course, the mainstream media does not put in context of any of the facts and details around what happened. Pretty much, Brianna Taylor was in a home with her with her either ex boyfriend or boyfriend at the time, who was a known drug dealer, known to be violent with cops. And he, you know, this is who you're associating with. It was a no knock entry. They were going into the house. They actually knocked on the door, and one of the officers shot through the door. Ended up, ended up killing. Uh, Brianna Taylor, who was who was sleeping, but the the boyfriend had a gun, and the other two police officers that were shooting also were let off because of self defense. So no one got charged in the killing of Brianna Taylor, and no matter what, the riots were going to ensue, no matter what, no matter what. And this is what we were dealing with yesterday. This is exactly what we were dealing with yesterday. But I just want to point out some context here from Candace Owens to give people some idea of what we're dealing with. As far as these Black Lives Matter protests, she says there has not been a single Black Lives Matter case this year in which the victim, and that's in quotes, was not involved in criminality. Not George Floyd, not Richard Brooks, not Jacob Blake, not Brianna Taylor. Philando Castillo was a true victim. We have come a long way since then. So do you guys see the common theme here? These people have criminal history. They have criminal records, some violent but they're always associated with criminals already. These aren't just random, innocent people, and they're just getting shot in their sleep by, by corrupt, bad police officers. Yes, it's sad she got killed in her sleep. Things do happen. Things do happen, and the one cop is getting some sort of justice for it, but it's not the justice that, that BLM and Antifa want. And last take here from Candace Owens says, idiot take, Breonna Taylor must have been shot because she was black and not because her boyfriend was a career criminal drug dealer who fired at police first while she was standing behind him. It's racism. And those are the facts that nobody wants to talk about. NBA stars, not just NBA stars, just just sports stars in general. They are fueling this this stupid, this, this insane rhetoric that cops are out to kill black people. We need to hide. You need to be scared. It's just not true. And it's endangering police officers. And it actually caused two, two police officers yesterday to be shot in Louisville. In Louisville. And let's just take a look. Let's just take a look. This was Louisville before the announcement was even made. This is how you know, ladies and gentlemen, that these are not, these riots they are not opportunistic at all. They are they are organized, and even the cities themselves are like, yep, we have a business. Guess what? The decision's coming out this week. Let's get let's get ourselves repa- prepared. Bore up the windows, close up shop, get everybody off the street, get your cars off the street, everything. Look at this. 
It's insane. This is what New York City looks like right now. You can't even tell the difference, really. But this is what they were dealing with. That was downtown Louisville looks desolate this morning as nearly every business has closed their doors and boarded up in the wake of the Breonna Taylor announcement. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? And the police officers obviously all had to deal with this, and they started out yesterday. And here's just some images of it. Of after after the uh, the announcement was made, it was immediately the riots that started, and people were out in riot gear, and police were out arresting, and they didn't stop there. It seemed to set off a whole chain of riots just yesterday, and we saw this out in St. Petersburg, Florida. We have people here. People here, I'm not even going to play the audio. It's just, you don't need to hear it. People are outside eating at restaurants and people are just interrupting them. These, they're called agitators and just ruining people's dinners, sitting in their chairs, sitting at their tables and just harassing normal people that have nothing to do with any of this. And we saw this going on across the country. There was more out in Portland. Here's one where a Molotov cocktail is thrown at a bunch of police officers. You can watch this one. Peaceful. Fireworks, Molotov cocktails, you know, they're all peaceful fires. There's nothing wrong here. Nothing wrong here. And this is what we saw. This is what we saw. Now, there was a story that came out yesterday as well with with, uh, Louisville and Kentucky. When I'm saying these are not opportunistic anymore, these are not just random events. These are organized riots being fueled with money, Um, funding, uh, logistics are all being taken care of. And all these young people are just taking a part of this and carrying out these acts. And you want to talk about George Soros. Let's look at this. This was a huge story yesterday. Again, this is in Louisville, Kentucky. While the BLM crowd was marching in Louisville, a U-Haul truck pulled up with shields and supplies for the group to use. Look at this video. Watch this. So for the people on the podcast, there is a U-Haul truck and their people are just unloading all the stuff in it. And there's signs that say abolish the police and all this anti-police rhetoric all packed into this truck. So there you have it. You have a whole U-Haul truck filled of uh, riot gear, shields, signs, barriers, all this stuff, all this stuff. And you can actually see it in some of the video, this video here that I showed you before. You see the sign right there? That is the same sign that just came out of that truck. Now that you're going to ask a logical question, right? Where is this stuff coming from? Who is doing this? Who is supplying? Remember the pallets of bricks that were uh, that were just out in streets? Out in uh, Portland, remember those? They just pallets of bricks just happen to be everywhere by businesses. And everyone, just take a brick. Just take a brick. Well, they found the person doing this. And you will not be shocked at who she is linked to. This is from the Gateway Pundit. U-Haul scene distributing shields, potential weapons to Louisville riders rented to Holly Zoller of Soros Connected Louisville Bail Project. There she is. There she is. Another beautiful, beautiful woman here. 
<laughs> the U-Haul that began distributing riot supplies in Louisville immediately following the announcement that no officers would be charged for Breonna Taylor's death was rented to Holly Zoller of the Louisville Bail Initiative. The pre-parked truck was loaded with shields painted with anti-police messages, umbrellas, gas masks, and other riot supplies. Zoller confirmed it was her in a phone call from a concerned citizen who pretended to work for the rental company. You can listen to it in full at the end of this article. And here is just some of the screenshots of the information that was given to U-Haul. And again, she's part of this bail project, which claims the website claims to have paid bail for 12,096 criminals to date. Just, just think about how many, how many people that is. That's a ton of people that they have bailed out. According to her bio on the bail project website, Zoller has organized around anti-fascist movements. Prior to joining TBP, Hollywood Holly owned a gardening company, worked as a sous chef, and as a professional organizer. Holly lives in Louisville with her three daughters. Oh, great. That's great. And here's some screenshots from the U-Haul log, I guess, of all their interactions and everything. And her rental contract was also leaked, which is shown here. And she is caught saying, I just drove a truck and dropped items off, she says in the call. She literally admits that she did do this. That she did do this. And we have the audio clip of, of, one, of, the, uh, of one of the clips here that you can listen to. We're going to play it right now. This is uh, Holly, this is Holly uh, Zoller talking. And the man talking to him was from like an anonymous group that, that goes out and tries to find corrupt people. He was pretending to be from U-Haul. And at the end, she realizes she's not talking to U-Haul. But she ends up outing herself. Take a listen. You're like you said, you're, I mean, you're not in trouble with us. Like... If you were like you said, you're dropping off supplies, which is completely, you know. I just, it doesn't make any sense that all these people got my name because there's like, and they have like, they're, they're tweeting your guys' internal log, call logs. Like, it seems like somebody from U-Haul is giving them this information. And I'm going to tell you, that's a really big problem. Yeah, I'm not sure on that. I mean, I, I literally am holding in my hand a screenshot of y'all's call logs. Like your employees' call logs, to the, in in what they said when they talked to me. I don't see. I have <laughs> no clue. It's a huge breach of security. Yeah. It's a huge breach of security. I'm not going to comment on that. I have no clue what happened on that employee's front. I'm just trying to get like a grasp of what happened like on this truck. Five different employees who talked to me. Yeah. Yeah, like Leah Short, Christina Geraldo. Who are all these people? These people entered stuff that now is all over the internet. I mean, didn't didn't you take that risk by going out there with the U-Haul truck and passing out supplies to protesters? No. I, I mean, I would assume that U-Haul would never give away my information. Why would you do that? Yeah, I have no clue, Holly. I have no clue. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like, do you have a supervisor I can talk to? Um, I'll be honest. I'm not with U-Haul, but I do wish you well. Yeah, I didn't think you were I know inciting U-Haul. rights is a federal crime, Holly. I do wish you well. And I hope you have a night's rest of sleep. Like, just just take care, Holly, okay? I love you. <laughs> this guy was trying... This guy was out here to do good. That's what he was doing. He was trying to get her to admit it, and she did admit it. She said right on there, she, he was like, well, we want to find out why you dropped these items. She's like, well, that doesn't really... She's like, that doesn't matter. This, this is a breach of contract. This is a breach of security. This is a problem with U-Haul. But you did, you did, you did drop the items off. Yes, I did. Now, we dug a little bit into this Holly person and who she's involved with, and Twitter, the CEO, Jack Dorsey, is also 
linked up in the bail project, which we have from the national file here. Twitter's Jack Dorsey funds bail project linked to U-Haul providing supplies to Louisville riders. Isn't that nice? National File reported today that an employee of the bail project, Holly Zoller, was caught handing out shields and other equipment to potential riders from U-Haul truck in Louisville, Kentucky. We handed out supplies. That's it, Zoller said, including umbrellas, water masks, which we just read before. And they asked about the signs, to which Zoller said that was her First Amendment right. What does it matter what I posted on a sign? She's right. She's right on that. But Zoller then denied that she protested, but then was caught admitting that she drove the U-Haul truck and dropped items off. After saying this, Zoller goes quiet. When she returns to the call, she said the caller should talk to her lawyer and that she would not be answering any more questions. So the bail project, which we've been talking about here, has been funded by the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey. In June, Dorsey's hashtag Smart Small or Start Small initiative teamed up with Brianna Claire's Lionel Foundation to donate $11 million to organizations that advance racial equality, equality equity, with a focus on criminal justice and policing reform. The bail project was a recipient of these funds along with Black Lives Matter. And it gets better, ladies and gentlemen. The bail project also has ties, shocker, to George Soros. Yes, we can say his name, George Soros, the founder of the Open Society Foundation. At least two employees of the bail project are or were Soros Justice, Soros Justice Fellows. According to the Open Society Foundation's website, the Soros Justice Fellowships fund outstanding individuals to undertake projects that advance reform, spur debate, and catalyze change on a range of issues facing the U.S. criminal justice system. If you have not been convinced of this yet, ladies and gentlemen, that these are organized, these are funded, George Soros has his hands wrapped up in all this. You can sit there, the mainstream media can sit there and lie and ignore it, but we know the truth. We know the truth. The truth. These people are getting U-Haul trucks with riot supplies, with abolished police signs, pre-made shields, everything, everything you can get to go out and riot. Here's a U-Haul truck. We're just going to drop it off and leave it. And then everyone gets their stuff and then they bail out. And we sit here and wonder why so much censorship on Twitter, Facebook. These people are all part of the problem. They're all part of it. It's all part of the problem. But some good news from all, also Paul Sperry here. Democratic candidates are no longer mentioning Black Lives Matter in campaign ads or rallies or debates as internal Democrat polling reveals, which we still don't know what the poll numbers for uh, Joe Biden are yet because they won't release them. Democrat polling reveals BLM is no longer polling well with voters. No way. Thanks to violent protests and growing public awareness about BLM's radical Marxist roots. So it looks like the world's waking up because the burning cities wasn't enough. It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Last topic of the day here, talking censorship. AG Barr was out talking to um, the other attorney generals in the United States, again, bringing talking about um, antitrust suits against Google and how they're going to go on and and um, and enact these uh, changes that they want to do to Google and big tech in general. So this is from Politico just talking about this. I don't I hate I hate Politico. They put negative spins on everything, and especially when it comes to Barr or Trump. Um, but pretty much, they're saying that the Republicans or the Republican attorney generals are going to get together, figure out what to do, and the Democrat attorney generals apparently are going to stay out of it for the most part because they don't want to upset the uh, this, the, the huge giant that Google is. So this is being done. 
This is probably more information about this is going to be coming out in the next month as how this is going to implement it. But something even bigger, something even bigger, especially here for the content creators, myself and many of my friends who you all watch, the Justice Department unveils proposed Section 230 legislation. Now, this isn't a law. These are just these are suggestions as to how they can go about changing the Section 230. And just to give you a little recap, Section 230 protects big tech social media companies, Facebook, Twitter. They are not held liable for the content that people put on their platform at the moment. They're hiding behind this still. They act as publishers, but really, what do we hear? Facebook, Twitter, these are social media platforms. There's a difference between platform and publisher. If it's a platform, they do not get to decide what is able to stay on their site. But they do. They all do it. YouTube does it. They all do it. They're acting as publishers and they censor or just completely outright delete things or even deplatform you as the as the last step and they just get rid of your content. But they still hide behind the Section 230 and Barr is implementing changes to it to hopefully, again, level the playing field for anyone out there that's trying to get information. And also, it's not just leveling the playing field. It's also addressing illicit activity online, which would involve um, pedophiles, uh, traffic, uh, human trafficking rings, all these things we see on Twitter and Facebook all the time and it seems like nothing is being done, done about it. These platforms are used in these operations very heavily, especially now with COVID going on, with everything being so much business and so many things being done over the computer. So that is a good thing. That is a good thing. But last thing I want to talk to you guys today because it's so important to me and my channel, YouTube is rolling this out and this is from The Verge. YouTube is about to use age restriction and it's going to affect almost everybody. Now, I'm going to try to explain this to everybody. YouTube is rolling out more artificial intelligence power technology to catch more videos that may require age restrictions, meaning more viewers will be asked to sign into their accounts to verify their age before watching. Similar to how YouTube used a machine learning technique to try to better catch violent extremism and more of the platform's most severe content beginning in 2017 and later to find videos that include hateful contact, uh, conduct. We love to hear that being labeled as hateful conduct. The same approach will be used in this case to automatically flag videos YouTube deems not age appropriate. As a result, YouTube is expecting to see far more videos pop up with age-gated restrictions. Now, the biggest problem for us out here, everyone knows, my channel included, all of us, all of us that talk Red Pill News, we've all been, um, we've all been demonetized. Our content is not suitable for ads, yet ads are played on our videos all the time. And we don't collect any of it. Don't collect any of it. The problem here is this part right here. That doesn't mean mistakes won't happen. They will as countless incidents of wrongfully applied labels and takedowns and all manner of copyright strike controversies have, have illustrated in the past. But YouTube is bulking up its appeals team to handle, uh, handle appeals as they come in. This is the biggest problem right here. Another concern creators have is that age-restricted videos won't appear on the homepage. While age-restricted videos are less likely to appear on the homepage, Age restricting doesn't automatically prohibit videos from appearing on the homepage, according to YouTube. This, ladies and gentlemen, right here, they want to they want to say this is for kids and parents that have concerns about their kids watching certain videos on YouTube. Understandable, but I'm not going to sit here and say that the timing of this rolling out now has nothing to do with with politics. The the uh, election and any election talk coming up. It's going to be censored. We think it's bad now. It's going to get worse. The problem with this is 
anybody that has a demonetized channel, which means we are not ad friendly. We're all going to automatically get lumped into this and people that don't have an account with Google, they're not even going to be able to go to our channel page and look at our videos or even subscribe. This happened yesterday on Method's channel. A user sent us a screenshot of it. It would not allow them to subscribe to Method's channel because of age restrictions. And the biggest problem of all, majority of my traffic, because I have 105,000 subscribers, majority of them watch a few videos and they might never come back, which is fine. There's a huge group of you out there that watch all my videos. The problem is the majority of my traffic comes from that homepage. When you open up your YouTube app and there's suggested videos, that is the homepage. Anyone that has age-restricted videos will not go through the homepage. And they're saying, for the most part, they're less likely. For me, when I hear less likely, that means they're not going to. They are going to cut the traffic down to our channels. They already demonetize our channels. What are we going to do when I when we have huge followings and our channels are only getting 10,000 views a video, 20,000 views a video? This is where they're going with it. I'm imploring all of you right now to go to my backup channels, especially Patreon. I need as much support as I can, guys. I don't make any money off of YouTube. I made money off of YouTube for, I think, two months, and I was, I was instantly demonetized. I made nothing off of it. Thank God all my revenue is off of YouTube, but all my traffic comes from YouTube. That's the issue. This is going to be applied to all the other creators out there. This is their way to further censor us, and it's going to get worse. So right now, I'm asking you guys, when you come to this channel, subscribe to it. Subscribe to it now. This rollout already started happening a couple of days ago, apparently. It's extremely serious. I'm going to try to stay on here as long as possible, as long as I possibly can. It just blows my mind how a month ago, getting 100 to 300,000 views of video, I have come down to 40. I'm even lucky to get 50,000 views of video now. The channel has gotten progressively better. It's not getting worse. So what the hell is going on? It's insane. So I really appreciate it, guys. Censorship is ramping up, and we got to keep fighting here. So remember, guys, go to the YouTube channel, like, share, subscribe. Please subscribe. Anyone that you share this with, tell them to subscribe to the channel. I do my videos every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, guys. That is my schedule. That is when my videos are out. I know so many people don't get the notifications. Every Tuesday night, I do my live stream at 8 o'clock. Thursday and Saturday, there's always a video out before 5, 6 o'clock, sometimes even earlier. That is my schedule. You can, you, can, you can count it. You can bank it in. It's going to be content on those days. So remember that, please. For everyone else, please, if you want to, go to my Patreon. Go to my Patreon. This is how a lot of my fans are supporting me on a monthly basis. Check out my tiers. You get an extra live stream out of me on Mondays. Might be doing on one on Fridays just for my Patreons. It's a live, private experience. And I do Q&As. You guys can ask me questions about literally anything. It's a great time. It's an intimate um, uh, setting. It's completely private. It's not even out on YouTube. It's only for my Patreons that get to see that. So if you want to be a part of that, you can be a dollar. It can be $2. It can be $17. It could be $30. It does not matter. It's supporting this channel financially, so I really appreciate it. And of course, you guys can always go to my shop, which I have. The, I am getting new, uh, newer products out here in just a week or two. When you go to new and old, you can see 
all the new products that I have, especially fill that C hat that my brother has, the cups, the mugs, the hoodies, the t-shirts, the v-necks. We have so many products, the water bottles, they're all high quality and all these go back into supporting local business. So I appreciate it guys. I really do. So give this episode a like, tell your friends and family about it. I really appreciate it. Stay safe, stay warm. And as I always say, stay woke.